Welcome to the Big Innings 2023 Year in Review and Awards. I'm joined, of course, by Amon Patel. We've done 10 podcasts, 10 audio podcasts so far. We feel like the award show should be a video thing. No, for sure. I think next year we got to get the video going. Unfortunately, Mother Nature out of everyone's control. In cricket, if it rains on day five of the test, we're swashed out. That's what happened to our live show. North Carolina said we're just going to have flash floods on top of flash floods. And unfortunately, that kept us from the live show. But we had to make sure we get something out to the people. And Bobber, our producer, is actually dealing with some flood issues right now. So we can't, just couldn't do, we just couldn't do a live show this time. We tried, we moved it several times, but whatever. We're here, we're doing the award show right now. I should have put a suit on, what was I thinking, right? Oh, 100%. Hey, next time we do something on video, we're putting suits on. <laughs> for, for what everyone knows, we have suits on right now. So I, I don't know what the difference would be named. Right, right, right. We've got several categories. I numbered them stupidly, so I have no idea how many there are. But here we go. Let's start off with the uh, Men's International Player of the Year. The four candidates, we have Ali Khan. I think it's going off of his return game where he took seven wickets against Jersey. Gudjanan Singh, who's just saved us from so many situations, had that 100, his first ODI 100, and the leading run score for the USA International Cricket in 2023. Shayan Jahangir, who's a a revelation, rather, batting down the order for the USA team throughout the year. And then who can forget about Sarab Netherbalker, maybe our most consistent bowler through all fronts. Those, those four, they put out a strong group there, Nate. Um, I'm not sure. I think it's quite cl- close, right? Sarab's obviously going to have the economy. You're going to have the explosive moments from Ali Khan. Again, Jahangir has been a revelation. But I think the Gudjanan Singh and his numbers throughout the year probably edge him over the top. Yeah, he was our most consistent batter this season for USA Cricket, and you need to score runs to win games. And like you said, Saurabh traditionally is very economical. Didn't quite take the wickets we're used to seeing from him internationally this year, but, I mean, he was miserly with his economy. He was incredible. And bowling in the positions he does, he's irreplaceable on that team. Ali Khan, obviously, like you said, he's the wicket taker. He is a big wicket taker. He takes big wickets at big moments. He had a huge comeback game against Jersey, and then he had to pay the price for it because he got a little bit too enthusiastic. You can't give Ali Khan seven wickets and not have him get himself in trouble. That's seven. Hey, look, he's you're going to have to take with the good and the bad. So you're dealing with a T.O., a Chad Ocho Cinco. They're going to score. We're going to give us some, maybe a fine or two here today. Right, right. Oh, yeah. So, anyways, but yes, I agree with you. Gajanan Singh, Men's International Player of the Year for 2023, Big Innings Award. So, great job, Gajanan. We love watching you play. You're definitely one of the favorites, one of the fan favorites here in the U.S. So, congratulations for that. 100%. Gajanan, again, deserved. He's done a lot. Uh, I think kind of the breakout for him was in that 2021 game against Ireland. I think we started to talk about that name more and then. Just kept getting in better shape, and with the bat, again, the numbers just speak for themselves. Right, and he actually did get a game in Major League Cricket, too. He, he got in the game there at the end of the season for uh, the L.A. Knight Riders, and that was a memorable moment. I remember seeing his wife on that day and, and congratulating her and them, so it was a very exciting time. So congrats, uh, Gajanan. You deserve it. Gajanan Singh, it's because of what he did with the bat. That's why he was our Men's International Player of the Year. Speaking of players with the bat, how about the men's domestic batter of the year? Now, this domestically doesn't mean USA matches internationally. It means Major League Cricket, Minor League Cricket, the T10 that happens here in the United States, the USPL, and across the Opens. We're looking at all of these numbers, and there are plenty of great batters to choose from. 
This was super hard because there are so many competitions. So honestly, I weighed the major league and minor league stats a little bit more heavily because they are they are the biggest product in the USA. But it was tough to narrow this down. So we actually have six six finalists for this award. Yeah, and those six finalists goes as follows. Andres House for what he did leading minor league cricket in runs and then really good at major league cricket consistency there. T10, USPL, you name it. He was all over the scoreboard. Nelman Anwar opened in major league cricket. It was good in minor league as well. A name that you're going to come to know in the coming years. Corey Anderson. What more is left to say about Corey Anderson? We know how explosive he is with the bat. Shahin Jayangir, not just what he did with USA, but did it domestically as well. Obis Pinar, the MVP of the South in minor league cricket, was phenomenal with the bat. And also our men's international player of the year, Gunjan Singh, who is the MVP of the East. He was phenomenal with the bat in a very tough Eastern Conference that dealt with some tricky wickets for minor league cricket. Yeah, and he was huge in the Super 8. You mentioned Naman Anwar, who was great in the Super 8 as well. And he was great in, in Major League Cricket. He's probably the most the most consistent producer in, in Major League Cricket as far as compiling, staying around a while, how letting his team play around him and things like that. We, we've left some names off of this that are tough to leave off. We had Travon Griffiths had a great season in Minor League Cricket. We had Nitish Kumar, who was phenomenal in Minor League Cricket this year. And several other names. We could name a lot of really big players. But this, to me, Corey was brilliant in Major League Cricket. Thing, something that might have worked against Corey was he wasn't around for the playoffs at minor league cricket. He yeah. was elsewhere, but his team was phenomenal, and uh, they ended up winning anyways. So, what do, what do you do? You want me to do the announcement? You want me to announce who we got here? Yeah, Nate. What do you have? Who would you give our men's domestic batter to? It's going to Andre's house. I think across the different competitions this year, he's looked the best in the country, and I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing him in USA Colors whenever he becomes eligible. Hopefully in, for, in time for that T20 World Cup because, yeah, I, I completely agree with you here. I think what worked against Corey Anderson, whether it was MVP of the minor league cricket season or whether it's this award, is just him not being available for that back end. Kelsey was here all season long, was incredible all year long, no matter what tournament he went to. And then not even domestically, but talk about what he did in the Abu Dhabi T10. He was good there too. So, again, this is a guy who just bats and bats. And, again, what probably – I think with many would argue our best bat in the United States. Yeah, he's, he's looking fantastic right now. And, and that's saying a lot. We have a lot of good batters right now in the USA. So that's saying a lot. That's not to slight anybody else. But yeah, there we go. Andres has the award there for men's domestic batter of the year for 2023 from big innings. Now, next up, we have our men's domestic bowler of the year. We've had a lot of great guys stand up, put their hand up this season. We saw Kevin Stout show up and perform quite well this year. Sarbjeet Lada had some phenomenal innings in him. But our finalists this year, we have five of them. We have Sorab Netravalkar, who has just, he's, as we mentioned before, he's just stellar. He he might legitimately be the best bowler in the USA, regardless of what we say. <laughs> but we've got Harmeet Singh, who was great just about every competition he was in, a difference maker all the time. And then... Our spoils of left arm orthodox spinners. We have Nosh Kenjige, who was just once again great. He, he he plays big in every moment, and there's so much more to him than just his bowling. Is uh, just just like with Harmeet. Um, then we got Mohammed Mosin, who uh, showed up great in Major League Cricket this year. We've known that he was a good bowler. He didn't get selected too in the draft initially, but then he came in and he had he was one of the best uh, domestic bowlers in the entire draft. He was probably the first big performer in Major League Cricket as a domestic. 
And then we got Guy and Fernando, who was just so, so good for San Diego and minor league cricket. It was tough to leave him off the list. Great list there. Harmeet Singh, I think he really impressed when we talk about major league cricket. He would just bowl four on the trot. They had so much trust in him. Nosh, whenever he needed that wicket, whether that was in major league cricket with MI New York and that championship side, or even talk about in minor league cricket when it looked like Kennard Lewis was going to take the game away. Nosh just held things together, took things apart. Mostly, you mentioned it, just to break the performances with TSK and Guy Fernando led led the Pacific in wickets uh, for minor league cricket. But again, this is not just about major league and minor league. It goes across all these tournaments. And I don't think you can look past uh, Saurabh Nath Valkernay. I think, again, the six for major league cricket, the consistency with the economy rate in minor league cricket in every competition, so good, whether it's at the opening the bowling, in the middle, in the depth. For me, I, I'd put, I'd give it to Nathan Roker. Yeah, I'm happy with that one. It's This is a really tough one, to be honest with you. This particular category is very tough. It could be a lot of different players. We didn't even mention some of the guys who would could easily put up a, a good argument for that. I'm sure we're going to hear about yeah. it, too. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'm going with Sorab on this as well. I think that's a great choice. So congrats, Sorab, for being the 2023 Men's Domestic Bowler of the Year. As we move from the men's game, we'll move into the women's game now with the Women's International Player of the year had the qualifiers uh, happening in LA. So we had some, some really good performances out there as we always seem to do. And none other than Sindushi Harsha, the captain of that team was very good with the bat in hand. This is Dingra, someone who's really emerged from that kind of youth category in the past couple of the years. Nika Kolin, who's been around, she's only what 18 years old, really a feel 18, 19 years old, but it feels like she's being been on the circuit forever. Had a really good, Time internationally in the USA colors, Asani Vagela. How can we forget about her, the sister of Vatsal Vagela? She's just had a tremendous year, really made her name as a bowler, but it's just continued to get better and better with the bat. Then this year was a real culmination of that. And Aditi Trudasimo, who's the opposite and more known for what she does with the bat over extra cover. This year was her bowling that really took her to another level nine wickets and a county rate of uh, just above three. So she was phenomenal internationally as well, Nate. Yeah, this is a tough one. Is this is a really tough one? We had some good performances from from the from the ladies that you mentioned, and it, it's it's really difficult to 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 decide. I'm mean, honestly, we actually crossed off three other names that we thought were, you know were worth <laughs> discussing uh, in in this in this group. But these are the five that I think were the best. Absolutely. Which of these five would you go with me? So I'm going to go with Sindhu Sriharsha, the captain of USA, just because she had very good batting numbers. She had a good strike rate. And her leadership in the team, I think, is invaluable. At this particular point, I think that she's irreplaceable on that team. No, I'd agree with you. She had arguably her best year internationally with just four innings played, over 100 runs at an average. It's the highest average of her career, just above 34. And again, her strike rate of 118. You don't see that a lot. And I think when we had that talk with Peter De La Pena about wanting to push that needle for T20 cricket in the women's game here in the States is we got to keep pushing strike rates up and up. She's a perfect example of that, and it's great that she's leading the team. I agree, the Women's International Player of the Year from beginnings. Yeah, and it's tough to look past Isha Dingra, though. That was the hardest one. To me, it came down to those two, but all five of them put up a good argument, and so I'm going with Sindhu on this one. That brings us to the Women's Domestic Batter of the Year, which, you know, this was a really cool category. There there was plenty of uh, pathway action here in USA Cricket for the women, and we have some a couple of kind of surprise names in here, and I'm going to start with Disha Dingra, who is not at all surprised. Snig DePaul, exactly the same, not a surprise. Matali Pedwarden showed up this season, a wicketkeeper here from here in uh, Morrisville, who produced quite well. 
I think she was the second leading run scorer amongst the women in the pathway events this season. Ritu Singh, who we we need more of Ritu Singh. We need definitely need a lot more of her in women's cricket. And then Gitika Kodali, this is the surprise here, I think. Everybody knows she can bat. And it's all about, with her, it's all about getting those opportunities to bat, to bat a little bit earlier than, than maybe we've seen from her in the past. And this season, she was phenomenal domestically in with the bat. So what do you think there? No, I'd agree. I think you mentioned we need more Ritu Singhs. I think the strike rate of Ritu Singh is something that is, you just, it's hard not to look at. And you're saying, wow, we need more people to hit sixes. She had, what it was, 12 sixes on the year compared to maybe the next highest was six. She had double the amount of sixes the next person domestically. But really, that's to me, when you're talking talk about Gidika, what separates her. Yeah, we know what she can do with the ball, but it's, she's that, she can play that all-round, pacing all-rounder role that you see that's highly coveted in cricket around the world. We don't have that really at the men's level currently. You don't have that third pacer that you think is going to save you at number seven. You are three pacers and one might be able to hold the bat and then you're looking at Ali and Saurabh versus when you talk about Gitika Kodali, she can hit the ball around. She can play longer innings. She understands how to score runs. And I think this is just a testament to her ability to bat. So I love this pick here for the domestic batter of the year. Yeah, and it's great that she didn't have the greatest season bowling. She didn't bowl a whole lot, let's just say. She didn't bowl a whole lot this season, so it's great that she could contribute uh, the way that she has. And in the past, she's a very good leader. In the past, she often yields yields some of her chances to others. So it's great to see her come forth and, and really produce domestically this year. And she, her, Snigda, everybody that we mentioned in this, when especially the USA players, when they play domestically, Peters pointed this out in the past. When they play domestically, they should be pu- punishing everybody else. They should be showing why they're on the national team. And I think Kitika did that herself this year. So, yeah, she's got my pick, too, for women's domestic batter of the year. Long I didn't. Going from the batter now to the bowling, as we did with the men. The women's domestic bowler of the year. Now, there are, you mentioned a surprise for the batters. There are some new names that we're going to throw out here with the bowlers, but one that's not new, Saitan Mayuni, the leg spinner. Always seems to be amongst the wickets. She had a really good season. I think the surprise names you're going to hear, see here, Izzy Slade-Jones, 13 years old and already one of the best bowlers in the country. That's a testament to how good she is. Suhani Tadani, though, we've known about her for a long time, and she's been good for a long time for the women's team. Aditi Judasama, again, more known for what she does with the bat, hitting the ball through extra cover. This time it was her off spins. I was just able to find wickets. She was really good. It was down there for the under-19 Nationals and the Nationals, and she looked phen- phenomenal with the ball in hand. And then another newcomer, Chetna Redi Pogidiala, who we heard from Sindusha Harsha, who's very excited to have more of her uh, on this team and to see her continue to improve. She was phenomenal, the player of the tournament for that under-19 National Championships with the left arm off break. Don't see a lot of that in women's cricket, but it seems to be starting to cycle its way in. But those are the five for the domestic bowler of the year. Yeah, and I think it comes down to, when you look at the numbers, I think Suhani Tadani stands out amongst everybody else by quite a decent margin. Not only is she taking wickets at a high clip, but she's, her economy is ridiculous. So I, it's got to go to Suhani Tadani right now. I'd agree. Again, it's just it's the way she's taking wickets and the economy rate. She just keeps things really tied down, get bowls those ones that come back in, and then gets the ones that can just nip away. Very highly skilled, continuing to develop, love it. So, Hani Tadani, congratulations, the Women's Domestic Bowler of the Year. 
And that takes us on to the men's breakthrough player of the year. Now, this was this is a award that's open to a lot of interpretation. I'm just gonna say right away. This is pro this could be a controversial award because it's really open-ended. What we wanted to say players who broke through and made a name for themselves at various levels. So it's not just a young player. It's somebody who really made a mark that kind of not necessarily came out of nowhere, but seized the bull by the horns. And in some cases, it is a person who came out of nowhere that's younger or not came out of nowhere, but all of a sudden had a great season. And for starters, I'm going to go with Ian Desai from minor league cricket, who was exceptional. I think that we're going to see him in the men's West team in the T20 Nationals. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw him in that team. And that's going to be a pretty good team. I think he deserves it. If he's not in it this year, he should be in the next group. But I think Ian Desai is a guy to look for in the future in the USA. Nosh Kenjage, for those who aren't associated with associate cricket, I think Nosh Kenjage burst on the scene. I think he burst on the scene in Major League Cricket. So I think, as I said, this is a very open-ended category. Some people are going to hate this category for that reason. But Nosh burst on the scene. In we're given, We're nominating a guy who's actually on USA's ODI team. The next one I would say is Mohamed Mohsen for the same reason. Burst onto the scene. Mohsen's got a lot of experience, but he wasn't drafted in the Major League Cricket Draft, and I think that's what earned him a spot for Breakthrough Player of the Year nomination. And he was great in Major League Cricket. Ali Sheikh is another one, a U21 player that was drafted in the main draft in Major League Cricket, and then he's been fantastic all season long in everything he's done. I think he's finally arrived as a senior player, a full-grown senior player. And Parth Patel, who was just great this season. Yeah, again, this category is so open-ended. You could look at it a couple of different avenues. I know we were throwing around how we want to look at this category. I and the side, one of the great stories um, of minor league cricket, talking about what he did from the left with the new ball, looked really good in a loaded West. You're talking about how is how are they going to compete. I and the side was a big part of why the lashings were able to be so good throughout the year. Talk about Nash Kenjige. For me and you, Nash Kenjige has been a guy we've been talking about. Why is he on the T20 team since about 2018? We've been saying that. For someone even like my own father, who he, he me and him talk about cricket, but then he saw Nosh play and said, oh, he's got to be on the national team, right? And then he started talking, then we started talking about how he hasn't been on our team in a while. And, and that was a guy who was really impressed with. Most of I think the same way, right? We've all seen him play in minor league cricket, all thought as a leg spinner was going to get drafted. There was no way he wasn't going to get drafted. And then to fall, not get picked up in kind of the wild card round. And then again, one of the leading wicket takers. And my was really a one game where he didn't get the wicket haul that he was looking for away from being part of the top three wicket takers in the tournament. And then Ali Sheikh, I think, is probably one of my favorite stories because I saw it happen live right in front of me at the combine where yeah. we were always we were wondering, okay, who's gonna be the standout under twenty three? He's got all the tools because he's a three facet cricketer in the field. It, with the ball in hand or with the bat. And then he showed every single match why you should take him. Was Dink at a game, which I wasn't too happy about. I wanted to see him play, but the Knight Riders are going to love having him part of that roster for a long time. And then Parth Patel, who's going to look over that double hundred, the first double hundred in the under-17 national championship. So the first time we've seen an under-17, and he's played minor league as well. He's a kid who's got all the shots and very outrageous. So again, this category very much could go in any direction. It, it, it's very convoluted for sure. Yeah, it's tough, but this is actually a really fun category, and this is really just yeah. us com combining a lot of performances we liked that, that were really meaningful for the player, and I, that's what this is about. It's it's about players who took the bull by the horns when they got the opportunity, 
And I, my vote this season is Ian Desai simply because he did it over and over again in minor league cricket. Yeah, I'd agree. I We just saw it. It was the consistency, right, which we saw it for the Nosh pick. It's okay. For us, for, this, for the purposes of this podcast, maybe shouldn't be the breakout player of the year. But Ian Desai, again, showed it. He's going to be one of the youth guys we're going to be talking about for a long time. I love it. Going from the men's breakthrough player of the year, let's go straight to the women's breakthrough player of the year. Three names on this list. And again, two of them we've already said. Chetna Redi Pagyadiala. We've talked about how Sindhu Shaharsha was very excited to finally have her of age and eligible, ready to play. Izzy Slay Jones, 13 years old, won the best bowlers in the under 19 tournament. And then Puja Shah, who we talked about wanting to see more strike rates. There you go. Puja Shah, she's someone who isn't particularly new to the scene, but. In terms of finding her best form, I thought this season she was really doing it, struck the ball at around 120. And so you're seeing that, and you're like, okay, this is more of what you want from the USA team. So three really good players who really made aim for themselves this season. Yeah, so it's this is a tough one, but it's great. This is exciting. This is an exciting category, Breakthrough Player of the Year. This one was a little bit more traditional in the sense that they're younger players, but we don't have as much women's cricket here. We don't have as many competitions to pick from. So I think that this is appropriate that it goes to a younger player. Who's the winner? For me, I think it's going to be Chetna Reddy Pagetiala. I think because of it's just the three-facet nature of her game, she can be explosive, scored a half-century, scored a century. Like she was, She's phenomenal when you watch her bat, when you watch her bowl. She reminds you of what Ali Sheikh is because she's a, an Ali Sheikh Anash because she's a three-facet player. And it's just, it was really fun to see. I think Izzy Slay Jones and Pooja Shaw aren't far behind, but for the 2023 Women's Breakthrough Player of the Year, I don't think there's a better name than Chetna Reddy Pugdiadela. Congratulations, Chetna, for whatever it's worth, <laughs> for being the 2023 Big Innings Women's Breakthrough Player of the Year. And that moves us on to Game of the Year, where we have three games that we thought were the best games of the season. And this is like games that stand on their own. So let, let's talk a little bit about those. First of all, San Diego over Seattle in September 2nd. It was a one-run victory where San Diego held on to win on the final ball. That that game was absolutely brilliant. It was, you took your breath away, honestly. There were countless, tremendous plays that are memorable in the same single game. So many great catches in that game. And that was a weekend where San Diego was just playing some unbelievably spectacular, spectacularly entertaining cricket. And that's where we saw A.B. Reddy make a couple of great catches. It was just a tremendous game. And then the next game here is we got MI New York versus Orcas on July 25th. Two-wicket win. It's the first MLC century that ever happened by uh, Clausen, who was absolutely tremendous. That was quite a memorable game there. That was also here, right here in Church Street, Church Street Park in Morrisville, North Carolina. And then the last one would be, this is a tough one, because we saw a couple of great games this season between a USA and UAE, and one of them featured the biggest chase in USA history when USA chased 280 with Mukabala scoring 120 runs. And then the other one was USA failed to chase an even bigger total when they failed to chase uh, 308 and they got a wicket on the final ball to UAE. So I, I guess that's the better game of the two when you look at it, but both of those games were amazing and it's worth mentioning those two. So what, who do you have for the best game of the season? I think the the couple of them were really special. I think the MI New York versus Seattle Orcas game, I remember that was super special for me because doing the PA for that game, I just the last about 15, 15 minutes, 15 minutes to half an hour of that game, 
I just remember screaming and screaming into the mic. Everyone around us was going crazy. Rashid Khan was getting taken all over the place by Henrik Klaassen, and it was still a close game. Nicholas Putin scored 60 in the first innings along with Kyron Pollard. It was a drop by DeWald. That game just had the dramatics and the feel of a really entertaining cricket match. But when you talk about dramatics, the, the winner for me is going to be San Diego beating Seattle. And our man Suhas was on comms there, and it was three off the final ball, and Shadley Van Skulkovic had 90 runs to his name. And you're saying, if anyone's going to dig him out of this situation, it's going to be him. The ball goes in, and then you see it fielded at long on, and just the horde of San Diego surf riders rushing towards it. It gets crashing towards it, led by Marty Kane and Craig A. They're all racing towards it, and see the disappointment and frustration on Van Skulkovic's face, and then just to see the elation of San Diego... I thought that was I thought that was what minor league cricket's all about. To beat that was the game of the year. That was an amazing game. The fielding effort in that game, just the effort in the field, was something that every team should model themselves after to try to achieve that level of effort and that level of togetherness that that San Diego team had. Now this is this was great because this one of the great things about this game is it put the two of the most exciting teams in the league this year, if you ask me, San Diego and Seattle against each other, they missed the playoffs, but these two teams had so many close games but themselves. And then you had this incredible game. I believe they had another game together that was close. But this particular game stands out to me. It's it might be, it's one of the very best games in the history of minor league cricket, in my opinion, the best game of the year. Uh, I 100% agree. So congratulations. I guess I, Seattle might not want to hold this one too close to their heart, but it being a loss, you had a lot to be proud of for that. So, again, I'm looking for more games like that in 2024. You mentioned the fielding prowess that was on display in that matchup, and that leads us perfectly into our next award, the fielding performance of the year. Funny enough, the first honoree in the category is going to be A.B. Reddeep for what he did against the Seattle Thunderbolts in that game. Two of the most ridiculous catches that you have ever seen. One to closer to the boundary. It was spectacular what he was doing. It felt like he did that all season long. But you could just feel every week that coming. We mentioned this is not just a major league and minor league thing. This is all the opens. Talk about the Houston Open and what Obis Bernard did with his hat trick of catches over there in Cal Corner region when Najib Shah was bowling. It was Sampari versus the Kingsman. And just three went straight down his throat. Two were kind of regulation on the boundary. Had really good work to make it look easy. The last one reaching out over the boundary with his right hand, throws it back and catches it. it. It was phenomenal, that catch. And then Nosh in the minor league in the minor league final with the run out, that kind of changed the game, that run out of Gudgeon and Singh. That, again, the Cavaliers at that point still had a chance to win that game. You get Gudgeon and Singh out, and it's a whole new ball game with a short batting lineup. You know, that doesn't feel like there's any more impactful play in terms of minor league play than that maybe all year long. Yeah, all three of those are are tremendous, tremendous fielding performances. It's really tough. This one's real tough. That 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 catch that Obis made at the boundary is one of the greatest tightrope acts that you'll see as far as catching the ball. It's it was he needed every inch of his length to get that ball, and I think this is a very difficult one to choose. But I think that Obis catch in that in the context of that situ, situation there being in the death. You know, a close game against a good team there. Uh, obviously, all three of these were in close games against a good team. But I'm leaning towards the Obis, Obis play. No, I love it. Um, Again, big moments, each of these. But you just talk about that last catch. And you don't feel, you feel like there was no more skillful moment in really the entire year 
Glenn Phillips would be the only catch that kind of, in my mind, comes close to it in 2023. And so this being a domestic Glenn Phillips, unfortunately, wouldn't make the list. But Obis Pinar, congratulations for the performance of the year. Yeah, that Glenn Phillips, those, the pair of Glenn Phillips catches were nuts. But yeah, congrats, Obis, on the on our, our awarding you with the fielding performance of the year for 2023 from beginnings. That takes us to the moments of the year. And this is not really a single award. This is just us talking about our favorite moments of the season. So we're going to take turns with ours. And then we actually came up with one kind of joint moment at the end there. So we got a total of seven. And I'll start. And I'm going to say a moment of the year for me was the Ali Khan first ball, bowling the first ball of the MLC. That was just, we talked about it going into the game. We talked about it for weeks ahead of time. Ali Khan's got the first game. Hopefully, they're going to bowl first. And if they bowl first, Ali Khan has to bowl the very first ball. And it all worked out so perfectly, so poetically, and it happened. And it was one of those things where it was like we've seen over the last several years, forever, in cricket in the USA. Sometimes it feels like the dominoes are all stacked perfectly, but one of them falls over and something doesn't go right. And so for Ali Khan to actually take the ball, with the very first ball of Major League Cricket. It was it just felt so perfect. It felt like something that was just perfectly poetic and symmetrical and deserved. That was such a huge symbolic moment for me. I completely agree. I think even sooner than that, I talked about it. They said traditionally maybe probably wouldn't have given the ball a start, but they recognized the moment. And I'm glad they recognized that moment because Ali Khan, maybe the biggest name in USA Cricket for a long time, getting to kick off franchise cricket in the USA, it was a really special moment. And again, I think it takes us, when you take a step back, you realize, I think in the moment we're all thinking, okay, Ali Khan, new ball, we've seen this. We we're excited for him to get a wicket, right? But it was more, right. hey, you take a step back after the game, you go, this guy just pulled the first ball in the history of franchise cricket in the United States. How awesome was that? Love that pick uh, for a moment of the year. I was in the press box when that happened. I'm jammed over in the right corner watching, and I'm looking, I'm sitting right next to the, one of the kind of owner's boxes, I guess you could say. And I got to see some people who had a lot to do with Major League Cricket enjoying that moment. One of them was VJ. And watching him watch that, it was pretty cool. It was pretty pretty special to see what it meant. to. It meant the same thing to everyone, I think. Very special. And that's a great first moment. One of my moments of 2023, remember the first night, right? It's a drone show. It's supposed to be how we're going to start off Major League Cricket. They said, okay, then we're going to move it to the final and fortunately you know, if we had a kind of a setup outside with the PA stuff and Justin Gill who've been running everything for the past couple of years, he came up and he just sat next to me while that thing was happening. And I was amazed by what I'm looking at. I'm recording every single design, but I just glanced over to my right and I can still remember Justin Gill just tearing up. And for me, that was a golden moment because this is a guy who's worked so hard to make something happen. He had a vision he wanted to make it work, and he's made it work, and he's realizing that, hey, all the hard work, you know what? It might have sucked, but <laughs> we did it. It's just right. that face of we did it. And to me, there's no one more deserving of that feeling than Justin, and to see that on Justin's face was phenomenal for me. Oh, absolutely. That drone show was, first of all, it was fantastic. And I was around yeah. a few of the guys. I was around Tom. I, I was around Emily. And just seeing them too at the same time that that is a great moment that whole show was just absolutely fantastic so yeah that's great shout there yeah and as you said nobody deserves it more than justin and he's one of the most influential people in the in cricket in the usa right now and he's made a massive impact and so we're grateful for him and 
it's good that he had that moment. It's good that you got to see it. I was so happy to see. I was so happy for him. It's just, he did so much. And I remember as it's ending, just congratulating him. Hey, we did it. I made sure at the end to say, hey, Justin, you did this. I think he, it it was a stressful couple of weeks for him, stressful couple of months. But I think that kind of, it all set in for him that, hey, we, we made this thing work. Through all the problems, through all the successes, this thing worked. Moving on to my next one. I think the MLC draft was something I'm never going to forget it, down there in, in Houston at NASA and going into the place, just seeing how spectacular it was and like realizing what a great idea it was to do it there, to introduce cricket in the USA at a NASA space center. We're first in flight. Maybe one day we'll be first in cricket too. That was so cool to me to see you working there with Nick. You guys did such a good job during that show to see all the players in one place too was so cool to see all the guys that we want to see drafted all gathered together and to celebrate with some of them and to see the what it meant to so many of them and and then also to see how some guys that didn't get picked out because it just didn't work out for them it meant something to them but it meant something that they were there too so it's it was the first big step to like major professional cricket in the USA to me it just marked that. It represented that. And that was so much fun. I agree. That was an incredible experience. One, personally, to be a part of that was really cool. Now, I remember on the broadcast, and I think it was probably the cheesiest line I said all night, but I said, we're here at the NASA Space Center. It was one one small step for man, one giant leap for Major League Cricket. And I think it truly was to have to launch it there was special to see guys like Rusty and Ali Sheikh and Harmeet and Andres get drafted was super cool. I think one of my favorite memories was probably when the night was over. You mentioned me, Nikhil. We were working with Paxton Elrod and Z, our buddy. And so none of us had eaten. We, ne- we None of us got a chance to get any of the food off the platter or whatever. So we were all starving. <laughs> and so now we're Nikhil's got the car and we're just driving through the streets. And Jack the Box is closed. And this place is Whataburger's closed. And we find a Taco Bell. So we go to the Taco Bell. And Z's, I want a chalupa. Nick orders a chalupa, and then we're done. And Paxton posts this video, and I think it's one of the best videos ever. Nick goes, just, what's a chalupa? And I don't know if we were just <laughs> out of it or what it was, but there was nothing funnier than Nick Hill saying, what is a chalupa at whatever, one in the morning in the middle <laughs> of Houston, Texas? I thought that was probably, that was, that was like a golden moment for the MLC draft. Nice. I was with Dave Agnew at the gas station trying to get snacks right afterwards because you were right. It, there wasn't any time for eating anything. And so... It was just me and Dave Agnew, Dave wearing his Australian version of a suit. We had a great time. I think we grabbed a couple drinks and some snacks. We were completely sober, I should say, right now. We were riding down the road. We hadn't had anything to drink yet. And I remember like seeing a car full of MLC people looking extremely tired and just like hanging out the window and just looking like a maniac. But yeah, that was just, just saying, hey, this was fun. That was a great time. And uh, yeah, what a what an awesome time. Now, So now it's your turn. Uh, my next moment would probably be the celebrations at the Grand Prairie Stadium after the final of Major League Cricket. I think that, for one, by New York won, the confetti's on the field, Gavaskar's giving them the trophy. But it wasn't that was it was cool to see that happen. But it was more so when the entire staff got up on that podium and they, we took that picture and we're out on the center wicket and people are dragging out coolers and beer everyone's drinking a beer and they're offering me a beer and i'm like i'm not 21 so i can't take the beer but i appreciate the thought (laughs) yeah (laughs) um, we're we're playing on the center pitch and they're bowling spin and i get a ball creamed through my hand saying it silly point which i should not have been doing 
with you know <laughs> in jeans and work pants and whatnot. <laughs> Zoom in, hitting balls straight up into the air, and I'm trying to catch it, and I count it, and I'm like, no, I, I took one catch and I'm done because my hands hurt. But I couldn't <laughs> stop smiling. I we stole confetti. Bob Arby and I went into the the locker room of the MI New York players and took some things went to Seattle. We it was just an unbelievable thing. And again, it was that. But Justin, what it was like seeing Justin and it was seeing everybody. It was seeing, you know, people that don't get any credit, yeah. but behind the scenes and Shelby and Will and seeing all those individuals, you know, just celebrate that moment was so cool to me. I think that celebration at the center wicket of Grand Prairie was phenomenal. Oh, that was cool. I was there too. I didn't get in the picture because uh, I don't remember what I was doing at that moment, but I remember throwing a football with Zubin afterwards. It was one of those plastic yeah. footballs. It was not a real football, which I hate plastic footballs. But anyway, throwing it with him, and he throws it. He throws me a freaking rocket, right? And yeah. it was right up in the lights, and I lost it. I put my hands up for some reason. It's, I should have just let it sail over my head. But I put my hands up, and it jammed my thumb so yeah. bad. My thumb hurt so bad that when I finally got the bat in the middle, I was able to shake off the pain because we're having a great time. But I finally get the bat bat in the middle. I couldn't put anything on the wall. I couldn't. So I'm hitting like absolute bloopers. And I was just like, man, this stinks. But, uh, but yeah, that was that was such a fun time. Seeing everybody celebrating happy. Like you said, a couple of coolers out there. The lights are up. Dave Agnew's out there having a great time. And uh, yeah, I remember running after a couple of balls from the boundary and throwing them in when people were batting. And yeah, I remember that ball that went through your hands over there at, at point. What the heck were you doing, man? I think we were all just on a high. I think we were all just on a You didn't know if I had posted it. I was like, man, you could have posted the one that I caught. Maybe yeah, that would have been nice. But he had said, yeah. he, I drop it. He gets all up in my face about it. But again, that was that was a really special moment. But that's two for me. What's your third? Your dad would have caught that ball, by the way. Oh, all right. All right, dude. We didn't have to go there. We didn't have to go there. <laughs> so my third thing, I think, was the U19 team. Watching the U19 team. Not watching them because we didn't get to watch them. But when we got to see that clip of the U19 team and we got to read and follow Peter's tweets of the U19 team advancing to the World Cup, it was such a huge deal. It was We, we spent all day trying to see if that game was going to play. So we're watching and anticipating, is this game going to get off the ground? Are they going to play this game because of the, the weather that they had? And they finally had it, and the team finally won the game and advanced. And it was just such a, a euphoric feeling seeing that video. Just you felt so good for those kids because of what the U19 team had been through the, the, the previous cycle. So not even getting the chance to compete for a spot. So th that was pro that was my third. That that's number these are there's no particular order here, but that's yeah, that's the third one. No, that that's phenomenal, Nate. We talked about it for so long, right? 2010, we hadn't been to a World Cup in 13 years. We thought 2021 was gonna do it. They got robbed of the opportunity to do and this group. They went out and did it, and King City, almost the weather there, didn't want to let it happen, but it got to the T20, burned up to the volume, hit that final shot. Then that, even though the tilt is completely off it's the horizon. Rough. It's a rough club. It's, it's, it's a rough video. You know what? Yeah. It was perfect for that moment because yeah. it through everything, it didn't matter. They were going to do a deceit with Garcia kind of scream as he's running down the other end, pumping in the air. Bruno was just holding the pose. Oh, he's great. a St. Peter. He's Peter snapped this. It's phenomenal. And I think we, for a country where we, in the country in which we play cricket, in, there's a lot of things that can pull cricket apart, pull people apart here, a lot of differing opinions. But something like that, you can see everybody with a major opinion or anybody in the country come together and say, yeah, 
that's our under nineteen team. We did that, and that's a special thing, I think, for USA cricket. Yeah, and they they really did do it. They they they, and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what they can put together down there in the World Cup. But yeah, that was such a special time. What's yours? My third, and this is more of a personal thing, maybe not for everybody else, but for me, the first major league game at Church Street Park, it featured the Washington Freedom, it featured the LA Knight Riders, but it was less about the game. Washington Freedom won. Obis hit some. Obis hit twenty six. Andres Kaus hit forty. It was less about that. Ali Kanta Wigan, but it wasn't about the Dane game. Played it, was well. it was Dane played well at his two yeah. overs, but it was more so. We left Grand Prairie, and I said, "What a venue that was!" <laughs> and we've talked about this. Church Street Park is a great venue. That's our. That's where we love cricket to be played. But I was really worried about what Church Street Park was going to look like compared to Grand Prairie, and then to see it decked out. I got Instagram messages when they saw pictures of what Church Street Park looked like. They said, there's no way this is Church Street because that place was unbelievable. The atmosphere was electric. It it checked every box. And I was so happy with how it turned out. And to see Morrisville, to see think about what 2018 was, right, for Church Street. And to think about what it was like to see that, to see the professional cricketers on that stage. It, it was probably, it was a magic moment. It was a surreal moment for that too. And again, on an emotional level, the attachment we have for Church Street probably ascends this for uh, for maybe other people who would right. just say, oh, the game at, you know, what about the first game at Grand Prairie? But the connection we have to Church Street probably, probably put that one over the top for me. Oh, yeah, that was stellar. That was absolutely stellar. The Yeah, just the, every game there was great. I loved the Dallas game so much. And then, like you said, we were worried that the Church Street wouldn't be able to, keep up with what we had just seen in Dallas. And it did. And it did very much so because of how great that the community is here and how great the, the fans are. And they packed that place. The place looked tremendous. The broadcast crew probably worked harder than they ever lo- worked in their lives that week. It was incredible. So yeah, that was, I agree. That's a great call, man. I love that call. That's, I'm so glad that you said that. <laughs> no, it's great. I would get it. It's that personal connection we have, but yeah. Take that away from Grand Prairie. I think walking to Grand Prairie that first time would have been right up here on this list because I saw that. We saw the Air Hog Stadium, and then we see that, and we're like, holy smokes, yeah. Even though we were cutting down to the wire on when everything was getting ready. Right. You know that? You see the lights. You see the pitch, the outfield, the stands. You're like, wow, yeah, th- this is legit. And that would, yeah, again, Major League Cricket in that show was really special all year long. Man, what a great year it was, 2023. But there's one that we both agreed on that, that we decided we have to mention this one. And it was when we did our first live show at the for, for Major League Cricket, our first Major League Cricket live show. Now, we did we had already been doing a few live shows from here in Morrisville, which were great fun. And we, we had Dane joining us then, and that was something. We love having Dane with us. But there was something extra special about doing a live show First of all, being allowed to do it for, by Major League Cricket was a real honor. And I have to say thank you to, to Justin and thank you to Tom and thank you to Josh for making sure that happened. That was That's such an honor. But our very first show was with Peter Delapena, which was like so important. We asked him. He was so helpful. And you know how hard those shows were to, to set up every night. It, it, we, we didn't get off the ground until one in the morning, it seemed like. But, but yeah, the fact that he stuck around with us there and he did the show with us and, and he made so many memorable comments in the, in the, in the show and that, that actually did really good numbers for us, that show. But yeah, that was, that's what we agree was a very special moment. Oh, no, absolutely. Again, I think 
just like Ali Khan bowling that first ball was very much a memento in time for USA Cricket. I think Peter Delapano being part of that show was a, a very much needed to be the case because he's been the guy covering USA Cricket for so long. And yeah. all right, we have something for him to cover in the United States in terms of a major tournament. All right, yeah, he's got to cover it and he's got to be on the show. And he again, you mentioned he gave us some brilliant points and those things are not easy to set up because that was the press room. So we had to basically take everything out from the press. We had to tell Bob by set up lights and try to set up audio and get every our notes ready about what we were going to say. And luckily we had some of that beforehand, but we we're always trying to riff. And Peter was trying to get us to what, what was it, Applebee's at the end of it too. We were trying to beat the clock on everything. That show was phenomenal. That time was phenomenal. Again, to have Peter de La Pena, it was significant for that reason. We needed to have him on that first show. And I think that was truly special. Yeah, we had some great guests throughout that, throughout the major league season. And, but yes, that was the highlight for me. What a great time. Looking back at it, I can't do anything but smile. It was difficult. It was stressful. There was, everyone was working hard, but looking back now, I can't even believe that it was as much fun as it was. It's, it was great. But let's move on. We got a couple of more. Uh, we have basically one more category. We have two more categories right now. We've got the most valuable performance of the year. This is for somebody who basically had the biggest game of the year in American cricket. And this is a tough one. This is a really tough one, only because I think maybe you and I might not fully agree on this at first. Um, And so I'm going to list the players. Ali Khan, seven wickets versus Jersey in his comeback game. Now that was spectacular to see. We mentioned it already once in the show. Ali Khan getting seven wickets in a game. You're going to have a situation there where there's going to be excessive celebration. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so Ali, that was just, that was the game of the year in ODI cricket. That was the best performance in ODI cricket, or sorry, in international cricket. That was the performance in international cricket for the year. Saurabh Nitrabalkar for six wickets for the Freedom versus the Unicorns. What a phenomenal game from him that, that right here at Church Street Park too. And he was just unhittable that game. We got to see the very best of a very good bowler, and he had a tremendous season. And that he was able to to spin that into a season in ILT twenty, so good for him. Next up, we got Sarjit Lata Singh. Sarjit Singh Lata, he got the five for on eight thirteen on October. I'm sorry, on August thirteenth at Church Street Park. We were there. We called this this game. It was unbelievable that spell that he had. And he pretty much did it in six balls. He got, and I believe one of them was just a wide. It was just a absolutely ridiculous spell from uh, Lada, who was capable of such things, especially when the wicket's turning. And uh, yeah, he's just, he was um, incredible at the game. I don't think I've ever seen anything like that particular set of six balls or so. And then lastly, we've got Simu Kamala. 120 off of 114 in a win over UAE and USA's largest successful chase in history. That's at his age, youngest centurion in USA cricket history, etc. I'm leaning towards the Ali Khan one, but we talked this over. So you tell us what you tell everybody who what we chose. I was originally leaning towards Ali Khan, but I agree with you after all. And again, I might have a little bit of bias in here playing with Sai and against Sai a bunch, but I think Sai Tejamukamala's. 120 off 114 was, I think, again, we talk about significance. And yes, it's the youngest century and it's the biggest chase. And he got his first century, but it's almost like a new wave of cricketers coming into the United States and coming into the US team. And it's exciting to see, right? You're wondering, 
yeah, we have the Staples, we have the Stephen Taylors and the Aaron Jones and the Sarabs and the Ali Khans but, and the Gudjanan Singhs, but where's this new wave going to come from? We talk about having a lot of youth cricket. Where is it to the national team? Sai Mukamala's showing that, hey, there's their guys coming. And again, to do it internationally in a big moment and a big spot was huge. And again, these are all really great performances. Ali Khan, seven wickets, it's his first game back from this, from a, against a team where right. I believe he broke his arm, right? That was, that yeah, was, that was the team that broke yeah. his arm, yeah. Right, and so he's coming back, and he's already fired up, and that is a phenomenal moment. Saurabh's six wickets against the Unicorns. Talk about the balls he bowled from over the wicket, coming into Stoinis, coming into Shadab Khan. It had everybody just stunned at what he was doing. Sarabhjit led this fiver. That game was actually setting up to be a real classic. Like, that one looked like it was going to come down to the wire. There was a couple wickets down. Needed about 80-odd runs and 12 overs. You're saying this game could really turn. And then in six balls, as you mentioned, the game was over. It was almost like what Scotty Boland, did for those of you who watched Test Cricket, did against England in the Ashes at you know at the MCG. <laughs> he just you know basically took the game away in a couple of deliveries. But Simon Kamala, for me, it was not just the moment. It was the significance of ushering a new era almost of the USA cricket in and ushering the new blood and the new generation into USA. And in that regard, it was more valuable than it just was in the game. So, yeah, that was, I agree with you. And Cy is stellar. We love watching Cy bat. He really, we know he's always had the potential and we've seen him fulfill his potential at every step along the way. And here he is fulfilling his potential on the international stage, senior men's team. So, yeah, congratulations on Cy Mukamala for winning the most valuable performance of the year, 2023 from big innings and just two more and these are quick so go ahead and let's start with the next one yeah so the next one was our surprise of the year and i think it was unanimous here we did we you listed the one out and i was like this is the one i would have listed out i don't think i have another one really and it's the uspl you can throw a couple players and this that the other but the uspl was the biggest surprise of the year because of what it did for cricket the, the broadcast quality was fantastic the players loved it the umpires loved it Everything was even through rain. They they managed to make it work. This tournament, I don't know if the expectations were super high, but it surpassed all of my expectations for it. And that's something that is super super impressive. Definitely my surprise of the year. If we're on the happier side of things for sure. Yeah, hundred percent. I agree with you. And I think one of the biggest benefits of this particular league was how many domestic players it featured a lot of these a lot of the leagues and there's nothing really wrong with this unless you go too far but bring in a lot of overseas players and and mix it in this was almost like a minor league cricket all-star game i'm I'm an all-star series like it it was close to that um so seeing all of the players that we have all of the big best minor league players are all playing together in a league to me this league not only was it conducted well and broadcast well and we had great commentary throughout the whole thing. Not only are those things true, but it serves a purpose in the whole ecosystem of USA cricket. It serves a very big purpose, if you ask me, by pitting our best against our best on on a nice stage with a great broadcast. Those things all checked off. You can't ask for much more than that. I 100% agree. Again, DSPL, there's plenty of things that went wrong, a lot of things that went right, but this to me was... When you talk about expectations and then surpassing them, this absolutely surpassed everything I, I could have imagined for it. Absolutely. And that takes us to the fun one that we have here. This will be the, we'll, we'll call it the social media post of the year. 
And in this case, they're both reels. And the first one I want to list is Justin Dill leaving the ball. The, the that that particular reel was was pretty darn funny. Um, being able to make fun of yourself after you you do something that looks pretty bad, and his place on that team as a leader down there in St. Louis, it just to me it's pretty cool when you can see the funny side of of your mistake and enjoy it <laughs> a little bit, or at least let other people enjoy it. No, for sure. I, Justin's a funny guy. And to see yeah. that come from him is not anything surprising. And again, we've all had those moments where we leave thinking, oh, it's going to be a great moment for us. And then it just, you know, the leg spinner bowls a googly and this cost you on the pads. I've definitely had right. that happen. Or this ball swings back and knocks off your off pole. But to see him make fun of it, really special. You put it all there. I was like, I was trying to think of what reel it was. And then I went to the Instagram. I was like, oh my God, I remember this was hilarious. I remember yeah. loving that reel. But when you put this out here, it said reel of the year officially. We, uh, moved it over to social media post of the year. Right. Uh, the first thing that came to my mind was the Anika Colon Olympics reel that they put out. And it was the first day they announced that cricket's going to be Olympics. And it was Anika talking about cricket and how men's game, gentlemen's game, white clothing and red balls. Now this is fast, explosive. Cricket's coming to the USA and we're playing cricket in the Olympics. And I said, how special is that? Could you imagine like being... Anika Cole in that moment, you are basically the face of Olympic cricket right now. Like she is yeah. the face of Olympic cricket. And to me, to have a USA women's cricketer, the face of Olympic cricket, that's just awesome. Like it does you can't it doesn't get better than that. We're talking about a specific post this season that had to do with a cricket in the USA. And I just want to give a shout out to John Boy, who is exposing a lot of Americans to to cricket via his social media platforms, via YouTube. And that's very valuable stuff. A lot of the stuff he's doing with the ball and play league, with just covering the World Cup, for example, that's really valuable too. And I want to give a shout out to our buddies over at It's Called Cricket, who make yeah. tremendous posts about about cricket all the time. But these are the two favorites, I think. And who do you got? Who's the best one? I think we're going to go in Coca-Cola Olympics here. I think it's just, again, the significance of it, um, the shock factor, because I don't think anyone really expected that. And then... Just how cool that, that was. It was really well made. And again, to see U.S. women's cricketer, the face of Olympic cricket. We decided not to do an award for Youth Player of the Year because there's so much youth cricket. It's tough to, to sort sift through it all. You have ML, MLC Junior and you have USA Youth Pathway. And so we decided that we were going to just mention the top performers in Major League uh, Junior and youth, the USA Youth Pathway events in t the year of 2023. And I'll start by uh, naming the MLC Junior Leaders for 2023. The runs leader, Rishi Bakru from NACA Falcons, scored 882 runs in 16 innings, and he's only 14 years old. That is tremendous run production there from a young man. Congratulations, Rishi. You led all of MLC Junior's tournaments with, in runs, and you did so in only 16 innings. Great stuff. <laughs> Wickets for MLC Junior, Karen Anand from Seattle. 35 wickets in 20 innings, 15 years old, list, listed as a leggy. Now, this is the exciting thing to me. We can't get we we can't get enough leggies in this country. Legitimately, we can't. We can't probably <laughs> can't name you a ton of leggies in the USA. It's just not a, a big position here. Having a guy at this age performing the way he is, that's exciting for the future. Keep it up, Karen and Odd. Keep it up, Rishi Bakru. And now you'll tell us about the USA Youth Pathway Leaders. Uh, we mentioned so much youth cricket here, so we split it in half. This is now the USA Youth Pathway Leaders 
for 2023. And we'll start off with the batting and person with the most runs was Bhargav Raghavan for the DC, for DC Blue with 905 runs on the year. 209 was his high score with a strike rate of 115 and an average of 82.27. And to have a strike rate of 115 in youth cricket, it's pretty impressive because you see a lot of guys who are playing a, lot of, a little bit slowly, just a little worried about not getting out. To see someone play a little bit more aggressive, always good to see. And then we talk about the wickets. It was Manas Somashekar, Manas who led the East Zone in terms of wickets, 48 wickets in 20 innings at a 4.31 economy. Pretty impressive. So again, a lot of youth cricketers. There's no way we could really mention them all. And disingenuous if we were to start ranking them and haven't watched half of these, most of these guys play. All of these kids are highly talented. They're better than I ever was when I came up to the USA Cricket Circuit as well. So I'm excited to see the future of what USA Cricket holds. Uh, me too. Um, and let's let's wrap up. That was a great fun chat. We named a whole bunch of awards that we just made up off the top of our minds. The awards names anyways, and we did some research to, to decide who gets who wins them. That was fun. I'm really looking forward to this year. Um, and there's so many great things going to happen this year. We got the USA T20 Nationals coming up. We've got the World Cup coming up. We have Major League and Minor League Cricket coming up. And Major League Cricket is going to be a little bit longer this year. Just we got cricket in New York. <laughs> there's so many Amazing thing. we got another ball and play league coming up this year that I think launches in May. So just before the World Cup, we'll have the ball and play league with John Boy. Uh, yeah, it's, I'm looking forward to these things. But, Amon, this was fun. Incredibly fun. Look, award shows are always fun. Oh, someone's always getting snubbed. I'm sure we're going to hear about it. But this is a lot of fun. Again, it was good to go back through the year and think about how good cricket was in 2023. Not just the individuals who play cricket but from what it was organizationally in the moments because 2023 for whatever it was wherever it was for anybody for cricket in the united states held a lot of big moments 